Go, go, go. Hey everyone, this is Brian and Marina with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with the dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you everyone for joining us. Good to have you again, Marina. Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to have your new foster puppy in my lap. And is that our topic of today? That is. We are going to use... Uh, your new foster puppy, Bagel, to talk about fostering in general. Okay. Um, but first, we'll tell everybody about Bagel. We talk about fostering a lot on this podcast because we think, one, it can be a good way to find your next dog. It's definitely a good Absolutely. way to, you know, expand your education mm-hmm. um, of dogs and dog behavior. It's an excellent way to help out rescue. So Absolutely. We are going to dedicate a podcast to that topic. Okay. So let's start so, with Bagel. Bagel we, is a beagle. She is a she is a beagle, and she is maybe two years old, maybe between one and two. She yeah. still has sent plenty of puppiness going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from obviously the Fokker SPCA because we love that group. Um, and I was looking. I decided to get a foster because Vivian, my thousand year old beagle here, also from the SPCA. Uh, has had good days and bad days. She was diagnosed with lymphoma a while mm-hmm. ago. Um, so some days she just isn't up for appointments. Right. So I, I leave her home and I, I'm looking for, for a new dog to take her place. I wasn't necessarily looking for another beagle because I think I lucked out and got the only one that actually wouldn't run off in Vivian. Yeah. Because she likes snacks more than running off. And you do not have a fence. Yes, I'm not, not allowed to have a fence in my neighborhood here. Um, but there were many beagles at the SPCA. We looked at three. I think, we, yeah, I think we looked at two the first day and then, uh, went back and looked at her and, and the two others. And we got, we got different, different versions of the dogs both days. Yeah. You went one day without me. So we, we're not sure if that's the reason or what. Yeah, it could be. He says irritably. Or if it's because Mercury is in retrograde. Mercury is definitely in retrograde. That is a totally different podcast. (laughs) Um, Because it's February 4th, 2022. Anyway, that's that's all an asterisk, a different podcast. Bagel is trying to talk into the microphone. Yeah, Bagel is, she likes to be in a person's lap. And so she's in, she's in Marina's lap right now. She's very quiet. She's a super great dog. She's very cuddly. You know, she gives the affection that a lot of people want out of their dog mm-hmm. you know lots of physical affection mm-hmm. and she's pretty quiet about it mm-hmm. anyway so we went i went and i saw i saw a couple of dogs the first day and one i thought was super sweet what was that what was that speckle speckle yeah there was speckle and pretzel pretzel was way too much as soon i mean he was he was small and he was sweet and he was young got him out of the kennel rounded the corner he saw the door there and he was like Burr, yeah and it was like let's go i'm like I don't think this is the dog for me. I don't need a dog that starts voice first. Right. But he was fun. He was playful. So let, let's clarify that then. Okay. What do you need? Uh, for... Do you need a dog that's basically furniture like Vivian? Partly. The, yes. The answer to that is partly because that's the mode that I'm in with her. Right. So if I just get another super calm ancient dog, 
I don't have to, I don't have to retrain myself sure. with, with, with that new dog. So sure. Let, let's be fair. Let's call that laziness on my part. Okay. Um, but because I'm, uh, eventually, but it's helpful to have that dog. It, it is. I, I want, I want a, I want a calm dog, um, calmer, calmer than, than Ariel. Um, and I will always have a, a dominant dog. Um, and it kind of makes more sense pragmatically for the small dog to be calm because if the small dog in a pack, let me back up even further. I like having three sizes of dogs. If the smallest dog is dominant, that could trigger all sorts of reactivity from clients' dogs, which right. means that dog is likely to attract more teeth. Right. Smaller dog cannot take as much damage in the split second before I could break anything up as a big dog could. So it makes more sense to have a calmer small dog in my pack. Right. So that's that's what I'm looking for is just, you know, it doesn't have to be as... And right now, Vivian is the first dog that comes out of the truck because... She and, is. Yeah, she is absolutely the calmest. Yes. And, and I'm quoting you. She is basically furniture. So if a dog will go for her and put their teeth on her, we have a more serious issue to deal with. Yes, yes. There's lot, lots more to be done before we start bringing out dogs number two and three and four and, and so forth. Yes. Um, yeah, good point. I appreciate you you clarifying that. Um, so, so that's the next dog you were looking for when you found Bagel. Yes. Is is something something calm. Uh, again, going back to the size, something small, something sturdy in case a dog does get a get a tooth on it, mm-hmm. uh, which which has happened. It, Vivian has never suffered any any damage, but she's gotten she's gotten a tooth on her here and here and there over the years. Um, so versus like an Italian <clears throat> greyhound. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say an Italian greyhound or a Chihuahua. Yeah, a, a tooth looks at their skin and they fall apart. So right. exactly. I need to need to be careful of that pragmatically. Um, and understand that, you know, part of our job is full-time safety, but accidents happen. You know, no one can be on top of anything at all the time. Right. But, uh, uh, but yeah, Vivian's never had, had any damage done to her. So, um, yeah, want, I wanted something small, calm, sturdy. Doesn't have to be smart, because I would say Vivian's not, not very smart. She's no, not... but you like habitual yeah, predi- yeah. Predictability is mm-hmm. is is the other thing there. So even even though I know that uh, that Vivian is not going to come when called, I know where she's going to go. Right. Whether we're at my house or a new client's house, she's yes. going to circle the house looking for a way in, and then she or she's going to be out looking for cats. Right. But but she does all that in slow motion, so it's so it's so easy to keep track of her. Um. So we got this first little guy out, Pretzel, and he was super fun. I mean, it'd be a cool puppy to have and raise, yeah. but that's not my next assistant. When a, another dog was present, he couldn't focus on you anymore. Yeah. And you like a dog that, and it's not that Vivian does, but Vivian doesn't focus on the dog either. Right. You know, so you. Yeah, she is, she is unaffected and unaffecting. Right. Yeah, she doesn't. doesn't that's, that's a tall order. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I understand that it's not. It's not going to be an easy process, but you know that's fine because I enjoy the process of, mm-hmm. of finding the next the next dog that I think is awesome, whether it's for me or or a client. Um, and that's one thing that I um, that I liked about the second dog, the female that I took out, Speckle, mm-hmm. was within minutes I was walking back and forth in the paddock, and she was changing direction with me off leash. Whether or not we had Sasha or yeah, and and I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Um, but then was it the next time? 
I don't know if it was the second time you saw her, but what I said was that her energy was more nervous than calm, and so she makes herself a target for dogs. Yes. She would provoke a dog that may not put its teeth on Vivian to put its teeth on her. Or or a lesser version of that, she could draw a dog up to her with excitement right. who normally wouldn't be excited about a, a calmer dog like, like Vivian. Right. So yeah, she was a little bit different the sec the second time I saw her, but I still did like her. That's why I looked at her second time. Um, and I had actually, when I went back the second time, I was thinking I would probably walk away, but that second time really changed my mind. And, and especially since you pointed that out, that right. she, she will make herself a target because, you know, we, we deal with, uh, with clients, dogs who have problems and well, one, yeah. one of them is reactivity to other dogs. And so, it's better for our clients. It's better for us. It's better for you know what we're what we're assigned to do to start with the calmest dog possible. Yep. Um, so I yeah I said no to her and then and then we got uh, we got Bagel and she was really easy. She's definitely you know a little a little bit nervous, um, but she had she had good energy, nice and calm. Definitely not looking for for trouble and she was putting her paws up on anyone who would get near her because she just kind of likes to the most gentle in the in the in the, yeah, in the in the softest way almost almost like what were you saying before we started recording that it's it's like she's doing yoga with you and this yeah is... i was sitting down in the kitchen on the floor and she stretched up her paws on my shoulders and she just pressed her forehead against my forehead and like was happy to stay there right whether i was petting her or not like if my hands were still on her i was like ooh, yeah whereas when meditation when, right when, when vivian was younger and younger i don't think she was ever young when she was feeling better she was if you old. if you st if you stop petting her she would paw you to demand more petting whereas mm -hmm. this one she's just like nope just need to lean just against contact. you we're Physical meditating contact. here enjoy oh. enjoy this with me be at one with dogness um uh, so got her, um, brought her home and then, you know, kind of went into, this is what you do when you bring a new dog home, which is, I think it's podcast number 18, bring home your new dog. Is it different? Cause it's a foster from a border, a dog that's staying with me, which we don't do anymore. No, but it's just a philosophical question. No. It's it's really it really is the same unless the unless when I when I was boarding dogs, I almost always met them and work with them first. So sometimes I've I've done sure. some of the first exercises all already. But if not, no, the <clears throat> the routine is the same. Get them out of the vehicle, put them on leash, take them for the longest walk that you can stand, drain the dog's energy, show the dog the the outermost environment, you know, the territory that we we patrol, come home, right. patrol the yard, however big or small it is, come home, drop the leash or take the leash off, uh, let the dog move about the house freely, but then just stay with them, supervising them and correcting any behavior you don't like and rewarding behavior that you that you do like. And, you know, let them let them do this around the pack and make sure that no one's acting like a knucklehead to anyone else. So you may be correcting some right. of your some of your um, incumbent pack members as well. Um and then you know do the feeding ritual and and do the do the the evening walk and then just start show over. them the routine yeah yeah and and this is the deal right and a lot of people i think we talked about this before but a lot of people especially in rescue think that 
the dog needs to decompress. Yes, that that they're like humans that just do a little bit now and then and then take a break and then put them in their their crate for for several hours or several days and put a blanket over their crate. No, with no. a dog you jump right into it and say this is my pack, this is what walking is like, this is the feeding ritual is is right. Show them everything that they need to know so that they don't have any questions so that there right. aren't there aren't concerns what you know what is my position in this in this new pack they still live in the survival brain their concerns are travel hierarchy play safety safety eating and if we do not address those concerns on day one those concerns grow right and if they feel we don't control their little chore list or you know no one signed off on the chore list they start signing off on it yeah that's where some of these behaviors come about so that's why we do it the way we do instead of i'm gonna put this on the shelf and then i'll play with it later or i uh, i'll take it out again in a few months and then start training it that kind of thing right and a, and a and a everyday example of this is the dog park you know yeah. take a dog and dog dog park and the dogs go right up to it and sniff it they introduce themselves and you know they're going to have high energy or low energy or medium energy or they're ignore or they're going to be excited or whatever but there's there's no holding back they just get into it from the beginning right and then they can walk away knowing okay i know what i need to know about that dog and, mm-hmm. and i understand my relationship with that with that new dog cool now it's no longer a new dog it's part of my pack so that's what right. that's what that's what I always do with them with these new guys that I get in and so there wasn't you know as far as training goes which was interesting with Bagel because she didn't know how to do stairs mm-hmm. didn't know how to get in a vehicle which typically means a dog who's kept outside but except for maybe once in a week week and a half she's housebroken so a dog who can't do stairs but is housebroken I've never experienced that before so there's there's a little bit of a bewilderment uh, in in you know knowing what she might have experienced. I'm, I'm sorry, she was picked up as a as a stray with I think three other beagles right. in uh, in Fauquier County. Um, so we got her we got her comfortable with stairs. It took probably two and a half days getting in the vehicle. She's still a little weird with um, exiting and entering from the garage. Very easy. Right. Back door medium and then front door she's more hesitant about could right. be the traffic noise uh could be the dogs more excited because we're going for a walk and leaving out the front door almost all the time could be any number of things um but she's you know she's decent on leash she likes to likes to beagle around and sniff on you know check this out and pull up front and then go to the side here and hang out back but she she's super easy she's really sweet she's quiet it took her maybe four or five days to be comfortable enough with Ariel in order to to play with her, and now she's kind of playing with um, with our friend Jeremy with his dog Cash, who's staying with me for for a week and a half now. Um, and so that's a big that's a big step for her because the more I'm seeing her, she is she is skittish, and I yeah. can't I can't have a pack member a permanent assistant pack member who is skittish, right? And that's the that's the main thing that that told me. You know, on day on day four, this is this is not my next assistant, right? Because I gotta I gotta have a dog that's either confident or just doesn't care. The other thing we also tend to consider is, can this dog be owned by almost anybody, or can only we deal with it? Right. So, like with Sasha, I fostered Sasha. You made me foster Sasha. I think you knew I'd keep her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had 
severe Subaru destroying <laughs> separation anxiety. Well, and before that, we should tell that story. Couch destroying. <laughs> yes, at uh, um, she was adopted by one of the animal control officers from Fuck Your SPCA. She ate his couch, <laughs> and he said. I can't keep her in a crate all day. I, you know, I'm gone eight to ten hours a day. What he didn't tell me is he literally meant he can't. He can't keep her in a crate because she can get out of all of them. <laughs> so the only person that has a routine where that could be worked on was me. She's with me all the time. Right. I could. I c- had the leeway in my schedule to work on separation anxiety, especially when I was figuring out her triggers. We made some mistakes. Yes. But that's because I'm impatient. <laughs> Um, so that's my fault. But even though people meet her, she comes across as this incredibly easy dog. Mm -hmm. She had that underlying issue that she was carrying around. And I was like, yeah, she would, she would be adopted a lot because of her first impression and returned a lot because of this horrible anxiety. Yeah. Which, which, which is a lot better by the way. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not perfect, but you've, you've made tremendous progress on it and you know, she's much more, she's much more relaxed and clearly she loves being with you and, and sailor, but that's not at the top of my list of things was, you know, could someone else own this, own this dog? But yes, that is a consideration is she's so easy. Pretty much anyone can have her. And on days where she's stubborn on the leash trying to get out the door, I say, okay, fine. You can stay home. No problem. Let's see if this makes a difference. It doesn't. It doesn't. She's fine if she doesn't get a walk. Um, She kind of sits in the center of your house. And yes. Where Mm -hmm. she can see everyone walking around and knows where everyone is at any given time. And eventually we'll all join her on the couch. Right. But she said, I just like to be on the couch. Yeah, yeah. She she doesn't need to be next to us. And this is the first time that she's hung out in my office. And it may be because you're holding her or maybe because she chooses to be there. But in however many days it's been since I've since I've had her, she's always chosen to either be behind my wife, sitting on her on her giant chair in the back mm-hmm. or on the couch by herself. And she's totally fine with it. And it's it's always on the main level, too. I've never I've never found her. Like Cash, uh, Jeremy's dog, we find him on a bed because right. he likes to be on a bed. Whether we're up here or not, he likes to be on on a bed. And this one, she could be on the dog bed in the in the kitchen or the great room, but she, generally she likes to be on the on the sofa. Well, your great room sofa, you <laughs> like if you sat in the exact middle cushion where she always sits, she can see you everything. would know. Who was in what room upstairs yeah, and who can, was in what room downstairs. Yeah, you can hear it and see it. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I, and, I, and I think that partly is is intelligence, but also it, she does it for security reasons. So mm-hmm. that she can keep an eye on everything and nothing can sneak up on her. Well, we said this on the walk as well. Yeah. She's like, I must be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when we walked all five tonight, she definitely gravitated towards the, towards the middle because like you know, birds in flight or fish in, in a school, that's the safest spot. And so the constant movement, what I understand is, is all the fish trying to vie for that middle position and kind of cycling through. And that's what, what she had, uh, she had shown us on the, on the walk. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a little too skittish for me. Um, and she's snoring. Oh yeah. She does that. It's not too loud though. Um, sleeps great at night. Like she's just quiet as can be all night. On the bed, which is totally fine. 
uh, doesn't wiggle around, doesn't kick, doesn't try to bite anyone like certain shepherds do. Hey, she's on melatonin now. Oh, yeah, that'll make a difference. We discovered Sasha has something called REM sleep disorder. <laughs> because I like life to be interesting. Because she turns into Cujo when she's sleeping. Yeah. Um, that, more on that later. Yeah, that, that could be a whole other podcast. I want to learn more about it before we tell everybody, but that's yeah. what's going on. And if anybody has information or has had a dog with that disorder, please share with me. Yeah, or or if you have questions about your own dog. You know, Marina's experienced this for several months now and, uh, and can certainly talk uh, somewhat intelligently about it. But with this new research... We're still figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, we'll still find out more. Um, so, yeah, there, there's lots of lots of great things about this this little bagel of beagle. Um, but like you said, I'm looking for something pretty specific. Right. And I try not to be emotional in these decisions. And so it's pretty easy for me to say, nah, this one's not my dog. Super nice dog. Easy to have. And to your point, anyone could have her. Right. So she doesn't need a ton of exercise. So she could be adopted by an elderly couple. And right. she'll sit on the couch and hang out with someone all day, almost Keep like a them cat. Keep company. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, Just about Foss. Uh, were you going to say? Like, yeah. Last thing I want to say is okay. is skittish. So when we crossed the bridge today, you saw that she pulled way wide of the bridge because of the sound or whatever, and you and you and Sailor got her to come back to it. When we pass most of the the storm sewers in the neighborhood, she swings wide of them, you know, because right. the echo or or it looks weird or there's a clown down there with a red balloon. Oh God! You know who knows? I still um, think those things can be worked on. And and they and they can be, but I want I want. If there are issues there, they need to be different issues. Sure. Something like that is maybe maybe this also goes back to patience, but to me that's going to take a while. Yep. And I need a dog that's ready ready to, to go. Yeah. What you know, whatever position it holds in my in my pack, I need a dog that's more more solid from the get go. My roommate actually said to me today, he was like. He made the comment that most of the dogs I train, I wouldn't keep. He's like, every dog I've met, I would keep. I said, oh, wow. you haven't tried enough. Huh. Like, that's because you really haven't had your own. I said, and most dogs cannot do my dog's job. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you you go do Air Force stuff, okay? <laughs> You're good at that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to having having him on our podcast um, for some of his dog experiences and, and other uh, stuff. He well. does have, for an airman and uh, a, a cop, he does have pretty interesting dog experiences. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Bagel, oh, she's heartworm positive, though. So she can't be adopted out until this is all. And not all every cleared. rescue has that rule, but our local SPCA feels that that is best that yes. they see a dog through their treatment. Yeah. So our, our plan is to is to foster her until uh, until the heartworm is is all uh, worked through and, she and she's ready to be adopted. And then we find a great home for her. And you know, in the meantime, I'm still kind of looking. Um, I don't know how many I want to have in the house while I'm looking and testing and fostering yeah. this dog here and this dog there. Um, but yeah, one, definitely one of the easiest fosters I've, I've had. I haven't been able to say that very often. Yeah. Oh, her snoring's getting louder. It's really cute. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask if you feel like your reason has for fostering has changed since you started. Cause you've been foster, you have probably fostered 75 dogs, right? I don't, I don't think it's been that many, probably maybe around 60 or so. Oh, but not quite seventy. I mean, it's been it's been several dozen. Um, my reason for fostering, 
Well, number one, I I wanna wanna help a dog. Right. So, you know, even though uh the S the Falkir SPCA is great, you know, love love the people, they care about the what they're doing. I would rather have a dog in a home than in a shelter. Right. So, you know, if I can if I can give a dog a break from that, even if it's for um, you know, a short period of time, I'm I'm happy to do that. Um, so from that standpoint, no, my reasoning for fostering hasn't hasn't changed. I wanna I wanna help. Right. Um, but second to that is I, I need to find my next dog. Yeah. So, and I, I didn't, I didn't have that condition before cause I wasn't, um, you know, that was back before I started, started working with dogs. So I, that wasn't a reason there. I think there are two things about fostering that you and I do differently from most people. Okay. One, when I started fostering, I was working at a rescue. So similar to you, there were certain dogs that had behavior issues that were not going to improve in a kennel mm-hmm. even though the kennel was beautiful and well staffed and the dogs were well taken care of right. their behavior issues could not resolve in that environment so they would come home with me and i didn't know that much about behavior modification then so it was like trial and error yeah. with me but i did change their behavior sailor is probably at least half of the reason and oh sure um, I trained them and I found them, I, I turned them around so that they could be adopted and likely not brought back. Right. So, so that worked most of the time. You're making the dog better and more adoptable. I did not know that's not what most fosters do. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's tough to say a lot of, a lot of the rescue people that I have known and, and spoken at great length with over the years, I, I think I would feel confident agreeing with you that. that that most people don't understand. It's not you're not just keeping the dog dry and feeding it. You know, you're supposed to be making this dog's life better, but also in the long run. So that well, yeah, I mean, the idea is that you make I, I thought the idea was you help this dog be adoptable. You know, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure if people see it that way. Well, I mean, my my boss at this rescue, she she wanted the dogs to know basic leash manners. She wanted them to have been on a leash before. She wanted to know exactly how social they were, if they were cat friendly. Right. Like she, she was trying to keep them from coming back. Did some of them still come back? Yeah, because people are people. But and, and reasons come up, or um, you know, you you think something is a good fit and it's not. But they were a lot less likely to come back if the adopter had less work to do even if it's not this dog is perfect on leash it's this dog has been on a leash yeah right it's easier to to sell a house that doesn't need any work rather than a house that is that ish is turnkey as is yes yes exactly um i sorry just to interrupt real quick so vivian got up and went to the closed door of my office so that means it's around it's around 5 30 because she has this magic clock that 5.30, it's time to eat. What it's are you guys doing? Rhythm. Yeah, why Why would we not be eating when it's dinner time? She's cool. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she is right. We need to get down and, and feed her. Um, but yes, I, I, I agree. I think I think a lot of a lot of people think of fostering as... And, and to be as fair... Help, helping a dog in a different way than right. long term. Keep, keeping it, like you said, housed. Yeah. Feeding it, loving on it. But uh, to be fair, I think there are also more, far more dogs than there are fosters. So what you Absolutely. end up with are fosters who have 
too many dogs to pay that special attention to. And mm-hmm. most fosters, this is not the job they get paid for. Right. This is what they do out of the kindness of their heart. So you got 10 dogs. Heck yeah. Most, they live in a crate. They go outside in your fence backyard. They come in and eat. They sleep in the crate. Because you have 10. Yes. And, and you know, trying to trying to walk 10 dogs a day, twice a day, three times a day, feed them, you know, keep your house from being destroyed, keep the dogs from fighting, make sure they're social and have a job and or family. Yeah, that's right. a that's a lot for most people. Um, so we've been talking about and I am working on um, putting together sort of a workshop or just information for fosters so that they can become better fosters that turn over these dogs and reduce their behavior issues reduce and increase and increase their adoptability exactly yeah um so that's why this podcast was important to me because i feel like a lot more of that could be taking place. Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, I, I enjoy fostering. Like I said, she's one of the one of the easiest ones I've I've had. So it's been it's been a great experience. Um, but, you know, my my reasons are a little bit different in that I am also looking for for my next assistant. I, I was going to say the second thing you and I do differently is we don't typically go out and just adopt a dog. This is my new dog. We we foster dogs to to kind of test drive yeah yeah and i haven't i haven't done that with all of mine i don't think you did that with red did you no no red i saw his picture online and and that spoke to me and when morgan and i went and and met him morgan gave me his approval i was like okay this is this is a done deal same with me and sailor right i met him he was my dog yeah um but whereas a lot of people go out to adopt a dog rather than you know we're fostering a dog to see if if it'll work, but, but, you know, we also have a very, a very special relationship with the Falkir SPCA right. that allows us, you know, they give us the freedom to be able to do that, to, sure. you know, to try a dog for a short period of time. So some rescues don't want their fosters adopting because then they end up losing a foster. Right. Um, but some of them, you know, yeah, you can adopt a uh, foster five dogs and the sixth one, you're like, Whoa, there's something different about right. this one. I, th- I think it's, I think it's good for people. I think it, um, more people should consider trying that because then they see what works in their home and what doesn't. And a lot of people I suggest that to actually say to me, no, if a dog comes into this home, it's not leaving. I can't speak for everybody, but I did not necessarily feel that way about all my fosters. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's not that I wanted them to go and a lot of them took a piece of me with them. Sure. But I knew I was not necessarily their perfect home so one i had in particular his name was wiley he was uh, a rat terrier and i had to take him in because he would um he was, liked biting everything. he liked biting people <laughs> unpredictably i remember him but it turns out it was pretty predictable right so we worked on him and i always think like if i knew then what i know now it would have been easier for me but of course that's how I know what I know now yeah. is, are these experiences. I, I worked with him. I ended up having to stop fostering him because he picked a fight with Sailor and the size discrepancy was bad. Oh, right. Uh, nobody got hurt, but I was concerned about that. Um, because despite Sailor correcting him to the point where he actually had a scrape on him, he would have done it again. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't wouldn't learn his lesson with Sailor. Yeah. 
But I did find him a home with a lovely couple and they continued to work on his behavior issues. And actually he's a champion obedience and agility dog. <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Cool. Um, so again, I, I put a lot of myself into that dog and I loved that dog a lot. Sure. Um, we overcame a lot together. Like when he first came into my home, he had an eye infection and I couldn't treat him. So <laughs> I was like, I can't touch you, dude. So we worked really hard on being able to treat that infection. And yeah. he got to a point where he would just kind of like, you, you could like see him holding his breath, like just get through it. Right. And then you get the cookie. Yeah. Just get through just it. Just get it over I was it. so proud of him. <laughs> I was so proud of him because he didn't want to bite me anymore. Um, but he still, I didn't need to keep him. I did not feel compelled to. Right. Um, so I think that people would be surprised at how you, t you take in a dog, you work on them. And it's not that. It's not as hard as you thought it would be to let them go. The first time it is, but it the gets, first time it, it is. gets it gets much easier after that. And it's not that we don't have an emotional attachment with uh, with the foster dogs that come in. Some definitely more than more than others. Some you're like you can't wait to see the 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 rear end of them as they're going off with someone else. But yeah, you know, um, it's I want I want a great dog for me, and I want to be a great person for my dog. And mm -hmm. I'm you know I'm going to be very particular about that. Um, and you and are best at recognizing when something is a natural fit and when you're just trying to make puzzle pieces fit that don't. Yeah. And I, and that's a, that again, that's a whole nother podcast is, is being able to, to find that and see that in, in people that don't have the right dog from the, from the get go. And they're trying to force these puzzle pieces to, to work or, or, you know, when we do go to the, to the shelter for, uh, with our clients for the dog match program, and we stop by a kennel and we see that connection. We're like, this is your dog. Yeah. And then don't even have to convince them. We say, just, just walk outside with this dog and you'll, and you'll see. Yeah. That, that's, that's really cool. And you know, I'm, I'm looking for, for that every time with, with each of my dogs, because they're, they're not only my assistants, you know, and, and my buddies that, but they're, but they're part of the, uh, part of the household here. So I want, I want as, as, you know, close to a hundred percent match you know, between me and right. my, and my dogs. Well, that's why you offer dog match too. Very little training has to take place when a transition is that seamless. Yeah. When, when you, when you have that connection, that initial connection, that is so easy, seamless, like you said, mm -hmm. that training is so much easier after that. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so we need, we need to go feed Vivian cause she keeps getting up and is, and is anxious and is probably going to start pulling at the door off the hinges here. Brewing. Yeah. Or brewing here as beagles are wont to do. Uh, so if you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We are available on Apple podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, really wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out our videos on our YouTube channel. Brian just uploaded a couple more. And my Instagram, Marina, the number four, Good Dog Workshop. This has been Brian and Marina. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. And we will keep you posted on the Adventures of Bagel. Adventures of Bagel. Take care.